Okay, what a weird day it was. Syracuse goes into Greensboro, basically a road game, takes care of business, moves on in the ACC tournament, at least we think, and tops North Carolina 81-53. to Tim Leonard, Tyler Rocky, locked on Syracuse as we have you every single weekday. Tyler, I'm sitting in the Greensboro Coliseum right now. The game just ended. I'm looking at an empty stadium, empty arena. I'm just wondering, is this going to keep on going? Because, wow, what an inspiring performance from Syracuse. And if they do keep on going, then that empty stadium you're in is exactly the environment that Syracuse will play in tomorrow. Or today, actually. When you look at (laughs) everything that happened in this game, I mean, first of all, with everything that's going on right now, what happened in this game really feels secondary, which is insane. Like, that's just how crazy of a day it's been. When you look at everything from the NBA to every single conference tournament essentially getting the same stance and preventing fans, not preventing, just taking precautions and not allowing fans to come into the arena for these games. I mean, it is absurd what is happening right now in this country. And when you look at what happens in this game, It feels secondary, if not tertiary, because that is just the magnitude of what this coronavirus is rocking to the core right now. And I'm just going through Twitter as I look at some of this stuff, and they don't even know if there's going to be a game for this team against Louisville. It looks like there's going to be an announcement that comes out around 9.30 a.m. Yeah. I really don't feel great about the odds of this thing continuing for Syracuse, which is such a shame because they really put on a clinic today when it was against all odds. We talked about it. No one saw this coming, and they win the game by basically 30 points. Elijah Hughes has 27 points. He had a plus 30 in the game. I mean, how do you even wow. do that? It's, it's staggering from top to bottom. From the opening whistle, they dominate a team that we thought – would dominate them. And we thought there was no way at all that Syracuse would keep on playing. And now it's just hard to wrap your head around what's going on because everything that happened today, I mean, we woke up and we thought the NCAA tournament was on. And it still might be, who knows, but we know there's no fans if it is on. We know Rudy Gobert has it. We know Tom Hanks has it. And this all just came out in the matter of hours. And then Talking to the players afterwards, Buddy Beheim, Elijah Hughes, they said they found out at halftime about the NBA suspension, and Syracuse is up by a ton at halftime. They go on a 15-0 run. It was just a wild day to be a part of what might be the last game, last sporting event for a while in front of fans that we witnessed today because it was a 9.30 tip in the last game that was played today. Yeah, can you believe it? At one point in time, Tim, you and I were dreading the fact that this was a 9.30 tip, and now it's kind of cool. I mean, you were in one of the last sporting events that's going to have fans for quite some time. Probably. It's surreal. I mean, you got to think baseball is probably going to take similar measures. We've already seen conferences essentially shut down a lot of spring sports so far. It, It seems like this is going to be the norm for the foreseeable future until there is an answer somewhere. There's probably not going to be many, if any, sporting events coming up for these next couple of weeks, if not months. It's hard to really know what's going to happen. And Jim Beheim after the game, kind of just said, we got to do what's safe for everyone. It's crazy what's going on in our country right now. He said he feels for the kids. He hopes that the kids can play the game. He even brought up like 
a team like Dayton, who has a chance to win it all, has had such a great year, they've worked so hard, it just doesn't feel right that it has to end this way. But obviously, he's of the camp that safety is the priority, and we'll just see what happens from here. He said at one point, this could have been our last game, and I think that's how everyone feels about this. This could have not just been Syracuse's last game, but one of the last games, period, that we will see for, I don't know, a month, two months? I mean, maybe till next year. Goes maybe here. till next year. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the essential point of all of this, is that's how severe this problem has gotten. And I, I heard something from Dan Dockich earlier today, and, and regardless of your stance on Dan Dockich, and this was before he ended up calling the Syracuse game, he said, when there's things like this that happen, I don't like to make a, a, I don't like to try to undermine the people making the decisions. And why is that? Because they probably know stuff that I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they know way more than what we know. And if that's, if this is what the decision makers think is right, then what, who are we to judge? Because they obviously know something way more than what we know right now. There was a point in the game tonight where it was almost before Syracuse really took over at the end of the first half and went on a 15-0 run, maybe right after the NBA suspended, and I see that Rudy Gobert video that went viral of him kind of touching all the things yeah. on the press conference table. I mean, Why I was are we doing this to ourselves, too? Everything, this is so self-inflicted, it feels like. I mean, it, it yeah. reminds me of the, you, you ever see that headline of stabbing victim says right before what are you going to do? Stab me? And then <laughs> that happens. Yeah, I shouldn't be laughing. I mean, this is obviously a serious issue. Right. But you're right. It's it just, there was a point in the game where I'm sitting there on press row, front row of this great game that I'm witnessing. And I just kind of looked up and looked around at the fans. And I just thought to myself, I just want to like take in this whole thing. Like at one point, UNC fans were booing. And I was like, man, when will I hear that again? When will I be at an arena and see Syracuse fans cheering? I mean, there was a Let's Go Orange chant at one point in this game, which we wow. never would have guessed. So what was the fan breakdown? It was a good amount. UNC, obviously, definitely had the majority. Definitely louder applause in the introductory starting lineups and everything. But I will say, I was impressed, and I guess we should have seen it coming because I always say this with Syracuse when it's road games. And especially in this area, there's a lot of transplants here from Syracuse. There were spots of Orange fans, and obviously they were the ones standing at the end. They were the ones cheering Let's Go Orange at the end. There was a good amount of Let's Go Orange. But it, it was a road game, and Jim Beheim said afterwards that was kind of his only hope going into this game. The only thing that he looked at is, okay, maybe we have a shot because they played well on the road this year. And it was very similar to what they did at Georgia Tech, kind of backs against the wall earlier in the season, but that was after some really hard losses. Everyone counted them out on the road, and Elijah Hughes came out and took over the game, kind of silenced the crowd, and then they won by 30 points. It was very similar, and it showed a lot of fight today from that team. Right, and, and again, this game really came down to me, and we talked about it, is what's going to happen with North Carolina because we saw them put on a shooting clinic the first time these two teams played, and... Can they sustain that shot-making ability? And you and I both kind of erred on the side of, yeah, they can because Syracuse's defense has struggled. But when you look at the the shots today, I mean, Carolina, 2 of 16 from 3. Just for context, Cole Anthony made 7 threes on his own. 
the last time yeah. these two teams played. He made so, one in this game, right? Five points. For yeah, goal. and and I mean Brandon Robinson was another guy who who had a great game against Syracuse. He goes zero for three from distance and only ends up with four points in this one. So that's kind of where this game was decided. And it sounds stupid. It sounds cliche, but can you make shots? And North Carolina could not make shots in this game. Yeah. So let's take a quick break. We'll transition to more of what happened in the game. And obviously at a later date and time on this podcast, we'll talk about Louisville because there is still a chance they're, as far as we know right now, recording this midnight at Greensboro Coliseum, they're playing them tomorrow, roughly the same time, right around 9.30, final game of the night. And obviously, the way Syracuse played today, you hope they just get a fair shot and can keep this going if it is safe for everyone. So let's take a quick break here on Locked on Syracuse. More about this wild win over UNC on the other side. Okay, we've made an executive decision during the break here on Locked on Syracuse. You've got us every single weekday. We will be following this ACC tournament. I'm here in Greensboro. Tyler Aki was following the game from afar, and I just want to kind of break down what the timeline was like today and talk this through a little bit. I think that's super interesting. Yeah, I'm sure everyone has their own stories, and it was just one of those days where it was, where were you when X happened, when Y happened? It really is. But it was 15 of those things in a matter of, I don't know, five hours. Yeah, exactly. And I remember, and obviously this this scale and and the importance of what actually went down is way different than what's happening in the country now, but... I remember I was at the Syracuse was playing TCU in the first round of the NCAA tournament. And if you remember that day, that was the same day that UMBC knocked off Virginia. Now, this is from a sports sense of things. But I remember there's a whole kind of process of events and and your thought process of, okay, is this going to happen now? Is this going to happen now? Blah, blah, blah. And the whole you're trying to picture the whole domino effect of everything. And that didn't matter. But yours kind of matters. And. I want to hear, like, what was your thought process through this entire just absolute, I mean, I don't even know what to call it, this this absolute... Roller coaster. I don't even. There's yeah, no roller coaster is the best it. way to put it. What What's going but through It doesn't your mind? even feel like yeah, it. Yeah, and that doesn't even do it justice. It. Yeah, I... So I got to Greensboro rather early, all things considered. I caught the final game of the uh, afternoon session, I guess you would call it, which was the first game that or the second game, I should say, that went out of 2.30, NC State-Pittsburgh. NC State gets the win. I watched that wrap up. And then, you know, there's that break in between the afternoon mm-hmm. and the night period. So I'm kind of just chilling. I'm writing some articles. I'm doing whatever here, getting some work done, eating some food, taking some breaks, getting ready for tonight. And that's when all this stuff starts coming out, right around 4 o'clock, about the NCAA tournament. And then my thought as as it pertains to Syracuse, is what does this mean for the NIT that the NCAA tournament has no fans? Is there any shot that the NCAA tournament is going to be canceled later on? Which, I mean, that feels like a realistic possibility as we're talking right now on Wednesday night. I guess we should say Thursday morning because this game went past midnight here in Greensboro. But I'm, I'm seeing all this unfold, and I'm just thinking, I can't even imagine sitting down and watching an NCAA tournament game without fans. Yeah. I 
like what happens when there's a buzzer beater and there's no fans in there? I mean, and that, seen, that's just not March Madness. I've seen all the videos online too. It's like they they dub the Villanova buzzer beater shot in the the 2017 national championship. Or was that that was 2016 actually? 2016 yeah, national right. championship, and it's got golf. I'm pretty sure it's it's golf as the, yeah, the sound I, backdrop I of everything. <laughs> and it's just you hear some you hear a couple claps here and there. And it's just like, what is this scene going to be like? And right. that's how everyone is, is kind of preparing. Like, what is the scene going to be like? And, again, it's something that we might not ever know what it's going to be like because it might not happen, frankly. Yeah. And then the other thing is it, it did feel a little bit like the Kobe day, which was obviously very recently now yeah. where you're just on Twitter a lot. You're scrolling. You're just – it's a lot of news is coming refresh, through refresh, there. Refresh. You're seeing like you're seeing that stuff like the Villanova UNC thing that you just described. You're seeing all these updates. John Rothstein says, okay, now maybe they're looking at different venues for the Elite Eight and the Final Four, and then all this stuff just keeps coming out really, really quickly, and it really escalated once the Syracuse game was set to start. Right, I and stuff I you see an hour ago is now irrelevant. It's just everything. Yeah. Right. So I get to my spot, which is a great spot here in Greensboro. First row, I mean, I'm a little worried that a ball is going to come crashing into me or someone's going to try and make a diving jump on me or something like that. But I'm right up against the first row, and it's a blast to watch this Syracuse team play the way they did right in front of me. But they come out, and I'm kind of locked into the game. And, you know, once you're you know, here for the game, you kind of zone out. I'm not really checking my phone as much. I'm not checking other scores maybe as frequently. I'm not doing my normal. It's a different routine. And I'm on Twitter looking at Syracuse-related stuff. And at some point, I just see my phone's blowing up with text. And it's blowing up with some more things as the buzzer goes off here in Greensboro. Yeah, is that the um, signal? Is that is? Are we calling it? Yeah. Are we calling it off now? They're, they're bringing down the Jumbotron. I don't know what this means. Maybe, <laughs> maybe this is a sign of things to come, but hopefully this buzzer's going to stop soon. They must be closing up shop or something. They're here. trying I to think, kick I you out. I think the buzzer's done now. Yeah, they are trying to kick me out. But anyway, the timeline of, of this whole thing, I see these texts coming in, and... I'm just like, what's going on, Rudy Gobert? I, I see at first that the Thunder, I think it, it must have been the Jazz, because Gobert are in a delay, which is a lot of unknown around the delay, and the coaches are talking about it. And then, obviously, the next big thing is maybe the biggest Woj bomb ever, which was NBA suspect. He didn't even say anything. That like, is his biggest Woj bomb. To, yeah, according to sources, it was just NBA has suspended play. Or period. So yeah. Something as simple as that. And I see that tweet, and I probably caught it two minutes in, Tyler, and I see like 75,000 likes. You know, it's one of those yeah. where it's just like, <laughs> what is going on? And this is all during the middle of the game. I mean, th- like two feet in front of me, they're all playing, all these guys that are trying to make it to the NBA, and and you're just wrapping through all this in your head. It's It's wild. And then, obviously, Syracuse goes on this crazy run, and it's like, this is just a, a weird day. Yeah, what's this even up, for? Was, like, <laughs> Right, 41-23 at the half. Maybe I'm a little off on that, but 
it was a lot. They were up 21, I think. So yeah, 43-22, but the, I okay. don't know if we can trust Cuse.com right now because it also says Carolina beat Syracuse 81-53. Oh, no. So <laughs> not not even the Carolina tar or not even the Syracuse Athletics people can believe that. Yeah. That Syracuse snapped a nine-game losing Roy. streak. Yeah, I I was thinking. I, I guess Syracuse is maybe the national champions now. If this is the final game, at final least the ACC champions, right? I mean, yeah, last right. ACC game of the year, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I, that was kind of the timeline. I from there, stuff keeps trickling out. Tom Hanks comes out. NHL is in talks of suspending. I don't even know what the status of that is. Honestly, I guess I've heard. Reports are they are going to suspend. I'd imagine they will. Uh, my whole thing on this is I'm looking out at an empty Greensboro Coliseum right now, and I don't know if I'm coming back tomorrow. I really don't. I just, I'd, I'd love to. I think it'd be fascinating for us to kind of give you some coverage from here when there's no fans, and you can follow at LO underscore Syracuse on Twitter if that's the case, and I'll gladly be here to if see there if this are team games, can keep it going. Tim will be in the building. Yes, and I'll be here for all of them because I'm very intrigued to see what this environment will be like with such limited fans and, you know, basically no one in a 20,000-person arena here. But I, I don't know where to even go from here because it, it, it just feels like Syracuse did so much right tonight, but a little part of me feels like it's going to be all for none and just – one positive end for some Syracuse fans to a really, really weird day. Yeah. I mean, this is, we kind of said it. This is going to be one of those days where you remember where you were when this happened because the news cycle changed every half hour. Yeah. I, I'm sure I left some stuff out in the timeline that I'll think yeah. back on and remember, oh, that, that also happened. And I was there when that happened. So. Anyway, we, we should talk about the game itself because I do want to give Elijah Hughes and these players their due for how hot how hard they fought and just how impressive it was and how shocking this game was. So I know I promised it last break. We will actually talk about the stats, the numbers around this game. I don't even know if we'll get to Louisville because the more I talk about it, the more I look out at this place, I just don't feel like Louisville's happening. But we should give that a little bit of thought maybe as we wrap up this podcast. On the other side, this is Locked On Syracuse. All right, so this game ended with Sean Belby dribbling it out. Syracuse wins by 30 points. There were let's go orange chants as this place, everyone came standing that was in orange gear. Julie Bayheim, right behind Jim Bayheim on the bench, was there standing. Roy Williams left angry after losing to Jim Bayheim for the first time since 2014, first time in 10 games. And I think we have to start with Elijah Hughes because him and Dolajai played great out of the gates, especially Hughes, though, who had to feel pretty good given that he's in front of a national stage somewhat where he has not gotten the credit he deserves. We've talked about it at nauseum. He has not gotten the love from the ACC media members that he deserves, and they're all staring at him as he scores 18 points in the first half and just put Syracuse in front of North Carolina for good, really, right from the very start. Yeah, I mean, the great unknown in the ACC, Elijah Hughes. I think tonight 
he turned a lot of Elijah Who's into Elijah Hughes because that's yes. the kind of performance he went out there and put on against this Carolina team. Efficient day from the three-point line, efficient day from the field, made all five of his free throws, and picked up seven rebounds. I mean, he showed he can do things outside of just shoot the ball and score the basketball, and he only turns the ball over one time as well. I mean, he goes out there and plays like a pro when he needs to, and that's kind of the... For him, the promising thing about his draft prospects for Syracuse, uh, maybe not so much, but (laughs) that's just the way that he's progressed this year. And, I mean, he shows out when it matters most, and and certainly against North Carolina, it mattered a lot. And maybe it doesn't matter as much anymore because we don't know the fate of these games, but in what may have been his final collegiate game, he put on a heck of a show. What a way for him to potentially go out and – he will be so missed for Syracuse for the exact reason of what he did today. Again, I'll say it again, a plus 30 and a 30-point win, essentially, over UNC, 27 points. And also, Barama plays great again. I think we might need to start considering Barama against UNC more of a thing than Barama yeah. against Pittsburgh because mm-hmm. <laughs> he has he has 12 points, 13 rebounds, doesn't Jim said out. it after the game that he doesn't foul out. No one fouled out. I don't even yeah. know how that's possible for Syracuse. Especially with Marek. He picked up three right. early ones. He did. He had three at the four-minute mark of the first half. But Dolajai was good. All the role players stepped up. And I think that's the first time we could say that all year where it felt like everything came together. Gerard was maybe a little bit off, but he still did some things He had eight them. assists. I mean, he was yeah, helping I out. Yeah, I mean, like... Everyone Gary had a, a good night. Yeah, Gary a went seven points, nine rebounds. I mean, if right. you weren't scoring, you were doing something else to help the team. Yeah, Buddy has 17. He finishes with two threes. I mean, a decent game. It was two for four from beyond the arc. He did miss those three free throws right out of the gate, but he kind of comes back from there. The good eye in Washington chipped in for some big minutes here. I mean, this was a complete team performance against a team that we thought was better than Syracuse, talent-wise, for sure, and we thought was a complete matchup nightmare. I, I still can't believe UNC scored 53 points. Yeah. I mean, the last nine games, they're averaging 85 against Syracuse, and that's when Syracuse has had good defenses most of the time. They scored 92 in the Dome, but Beheim said after the game the perimeter defense was key, and that was a huge reason why they won. Yeah, listen, the way that we saw... Whatever happened today, we thought that Syracuse, when you to put in a little soccer analogy, Syracuse would win, or rather UNC would win on aggregate. Meaning when you, you bunch all the points together at the end uh, of the series between these two, after the two games, UNC would have outscored Syracuse. And that was not the case. After the absolute thumping the orange put on, on UNC. I, I mean, I don't think any of us saw this coming. Th- this was completely out of nowhere. Completely out of nowhere. Totally. Two for 16, UNC shot it from three. 12.5%. They were 42% inside the dome. Rebounding battle was 42 to 38. UNC still won, but only by four, which was basically best case scenario coming into tonight. And Jim said some funny things about Barama after the game. He kind of cracked a joke and said, you know, the reporter asked him what has changed for him in these past six, seven games, which I think people keep on asking, but he finally gave something that was a little bit interesting. He said, I gave him a couple pointers, a couple hints about six or seven games ago, and 
I don't know. I mean, I guess I should have done that a while ago because he's playing like I thought he would play all along is basically what he said, paraphrasing him, that he thought he was going to be a double-double guy this year. He thought at minimum he'd have 10 rebounds a game, 10 points, and he played great in the summer, but for whatever reason, he was 5-5 five and five in a lot of games and just not doing anything. And he's hopeful, as I think a lot of Syracuse fans should be, about the future now with Barama Sidibe, because this might be the last game of this year, which is weird to say after a huge win in the ACC tournament, but I know we talk a lot about the program, and Sidibe is so important next year, and it's been great to see him have this resurgence late in the year. Right, and again, if that's the last game Syracuse plays, that they went out and picked up a win that they deserve, because... Yeah. For whatever you want to say about what their final record was this season, they went out and played. They, they left their hearts on the court. They really did. And for them to pick up a, a signature win, say what you want about Carolina, but for them to go out and pick up a signature win in the ACC tournament, that's the way this team kind of deserved to go out because they played harder and outperformed their expectations on the floor, whether it be character and the frustrations that they may have gone through throughout the season, they went out and outperformed everything. So hats off to you, Syracuse, in what I think, Tim, you and I both think is probably the last game they've played this season. Yeah. If it is Louisville tomorrow night and the show goes on, we will be here. I'll be here from Greensboro at LO underscore Syracuse. If the game is on, let's do a little emergency podcast, okay? We should. Let's do it. We should. We can plan on that and talk a little bit more about X's and O's of the game because we didn't really get to that. It's just been such a whirlwind yeah, here. The X's and O's, they, they, they mean nothing. Uh, yeah, on a we'll day have like to today. do a prop shop, too. We will. I mean, yep. we get got to keep that tradition going. Yeah. We can't let that this whole thing stop that. So we'll recap our latest prop shop, do a prop shop, and give you some thoughts on Louisville. And then, obviously, we'll have you the rest of the week, however long this goes on. We'll be here every day regardless, so we'll be talking about Syracuse in some capacity. I just hope that maybe we're still talking about Syracuse and their odds of keeping this journey going because it was a very inspiring effort tonight, and if that's how it ends, that's how it ends, but I think they got a shot if they did get to play Louisville at 9.30 tomorrow night. So anything else from you, Tyler, before we wrap it up? No, that's all. I mean, I'm I'm just hopefully we see games, but I don't think you or I are, ho- are hopeful that it's actually going to happen yeah all right well check out locked on acc as well and really all the locked on podcasts right now because it is a good time to just sit down stay in home and grab the hand sanitizer stay safe and just listen to podcasts about what is going on and talk this out amongst the community of sports fans here because this is uncharted unprecedented territory so we will talk to you tomorrow in some capacity hopefully it's about a basketball game and Syracuse trying to keep this thing going. But until then, thanks for listening to Lockdown Syracuse.